Be warned, this episode will contain all manner of spoilers from both his Dark Materials and the Book of Dust series, so if you want to avoid this, cut back through to our spoiler-free read-through of the books now. Welcome to this episode of the Dark Material Podcast, where we'll be cutting through into the new world of the His Dark Materials TV adaptation, sometimes subtly, and sometimes not so much, from bombs to botanic gardens. Join us in this big screen journey into the dark. I'm Ian. And I'm Amy. And this week we're talking through episode two of series two, The Cave. Before we start this week, uh, we have a couple of things we want to go through, some questions, comments, things, and bits and bobs. Uh, firstly, we had a minor fuck-up last week in the, our episode. Something weird went on on our website, Don't nothing know. to do with us, but basically, if you had an episode that was only 36 minutes long... And just stopped. And just stopped, then, sorry, you got the wrong download of the episode. The way to fix that, um, it's right now on our website, the way to fix that is if in your podcast app you can look at options for the episode and there should be an option that says something like refresh content from RSS feed. So yeah, that, that should fix everything. Um, don't know why that happened, basically. No idea. So, it's really weird. Sorry, but there should be an hour and 12 minutes worth of content, not 36. Yeah, I mean, get your money's worth. Yeah. Actually just halved our episode for some reason. Anyway. <laughs> Maybe Apple was just like, fuck this. <laughs> you're banging on too long. I mean, your episode is longer than the damn TV series than the episode you're talking about, for goodness sake. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, sorry about that. Don't know why. Can't figure out why it happened either. Yeah. Um, magic. Magic. So our first comment was from uh, quite a few people, actually. Uh, from at Josh Eason 5 on Twitter and from at Michael VK1, who's Michael Van Kesteren, who's the props and concept um, designer that we spoke to on an interview on the podcast before. Basically, Pan turns into a Wolverine when he's trying to scare the kids of Chittagetse. Yes, much to my chagrin. Uh, not a cat. Yeah. But that was actually an Easter egg, yeah. because Daphne Keane yeah. played a character called Laura in the film Logan, about Wolverine. <sighs> so Pan turning into Wolverine was a bit of an Easter egg of being like, hey, this actor was, uh, plays Wolverine's daughter. Yeah. I didn't know that she did that. I know yeah. the film. I uh, remember Which there's makes, a little girl. Yeah. Didn't know it was Daphne Keane. We should rewatch cool it. I, I definitely, I, I didn't know it was Daphne Keane, but anyway, we should rewatch it. Um, so yeah, sorry for missing that very obvious Easter egg. Uh, oh, super obvious. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, oh, it's a Wolverine. That's cool. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> so the next couple of comments, I guess we'll do, we'll take one each. Yeah. Um, the first uh, from Michael again. Uh, this is about the fight between Will and Lyra, where I think yeah. we were both a bit like, uh, should Will have lost that? Mm. As opposed to them coming out of it as like equals, but... Uh, or Will having maybe slightly the upper hand in some way. Mm -hmm. um, Michael's got an interesting point. The Will basically would fight defensively, so he fights more out of uh, under duress or to protect people yeah. um, rather than being an attacker, if that makes sense. Um, a lot of that resulting from how he has to look after his mum. And I like the line Michael's put in about walk softly but carry a big stick. <laughs> <laughs> Very wise. I, I, I hope that's a Chinese proverb uh, in some that's kind like, of translation. That's far decorum, isn't it? Yes. Walk softly, but carry a big stick. It's great. Well, a medium-sized stick. Yeah, float like a butterfly, sting like a spy fly, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so anyway, I, I, think that's, I think that's cool. Uh, I stand by 
even in self-defense, Will then should have been able to be like, get the fuck off. Because Will's like, super good. Yeah, but he does, he's, a, he's a reluctant fighter. He's got no qualm with Lyra. I think that's Michael's point yeah, more I suppose than so. like, and he's he just generally, because, as, as he says, a good lad. Yeah, and he doesn't want to be aggressive because he realizes that he's frightened her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, fair. Makes sense. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then we also got a comment about the same uh, little section from Kathy via email, who was saying as well, so we, I guess maybe we were a bit hard on Will in this point that he was like maybe whining or kind of like whinging to get out of the pin that Lyra had him in. And she pointed out that actually uh, that might just be a misunderstanding or like the only option in that situation to Mm. get out of that pin because it's not like it's a formal fight, which is we know that Will in this adaptation is a boxer. So he knows what happens in a formal boxing fight when you have to submit, but he doesn't really have another option with Lyra. So he's just kind of like, I don't want to fight you. So I'm just going to whine to get out of this Pen, yeah, yeah, which true, is a good true. point as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Cool. And then the the last um, direct comment, rather than response to our poll, which we'll come on to. Um, <laughs> Ian's bitter. From, um, not bitter at all. <laughs> so uh, bitter. <laughs> everyone's wrong. <laughs> uh, so from here and Donover, um, on the the point of Lyra asking Will if he's a kitchen boy. So when he's made the omelette, she's like, mm. right, trying to process this. How does he fit into worldview? Um, and on the surface, it's potentially like a loaded class question, yeah. which I think is absolutely right. Which is it's what kind we of about, almost yeah. looking down her nose in a way, mm. a little bit, or at least that's an ingrained part of how she perceives what. Or just the structure um, that she understands. Exactly, yeah. Um, but given, and I think you made this point briefly as well, Amy, that given that like Roger is the kitchen boy, this could be Lyra kind of testing to see if she can trust him, and you know, there's some analogy between Roger and Will here. Mm. You know, perhaps. She's actually quite comfortable with people from that class. Um, And I don't know, if Will is a kitchen boy, then maybe that's potentially a good thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think it is... I think that is her trying to find a point on which she can trust him or, like, understand him or find some way that she can work with him. Because Mm. as we saw with the way that Pan interacts with Will more readily than Lyra, she does want to have an ally in this world. She does want, like, maybe Will to fulfil that role. But it's just part of her, like, tentatively seeking out, okay, how do we get along? What's going on here in this relationship and stuff? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, really good point. So thank you for pointing us towards your comments there as well. Yep. So, well, and thanks, everyone. Like, drop us more comments as we go. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. We love getting these things. We love it. More time to talk about His Dark Materials, our Mm -hmm. favourite thing. Uh, We also, well, we'll tell you how the Twitter poll stands currently right now but we should oh. say we posted it this is the u.s Wednesdays. election amy what's going on <laughs> <laughs> but i'm, but I'm topical. still counting votes um <laughs> but if you're listening to this on or before the 18th of november 2020 you may still have time to vote on our twitter poll so oh. um, check it out you may you may still be able to throw your final casting vote into the ring um but on the cast we put up ruth wilson emma wilson and jada nuka um Ruth Wilson got 64%. Landslide. Landslide. Yeah. Amy Wilson got 22 and Jada Nuka got 13. In the electoral college system, then, you know, Daphne Keane would have won. (laughs) 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 Politics are stupid. (laughs) I feel like we might need to, like, stop putting Ruth Wilson on the polls, though, because she is just always good and she's always going to win. Yeah, yeah feel like it's a slightly biased system. Yeah. So I'm going to say that Amir's won that now. Oh, well, that's very <laughs> dictatorial of you. Uh, on the Creative Awards, 
we had some very strong contenders, e.g. the Angels. Did we? Uh, on the Tori Deli Angeli. And then some, you know, slightly less strong contenders like Chittagatsi or um, the opening, new opening title mm, sequence bits. Mm. So obviously in a landslide victory for the Angels at 9% oh of the God. votes. Calm down, um, <laughs> uh Chittagatsi won it, which, you know, I'm not going to be better at. The Angels are in Chittagatsi, so you could say it's yes, really a vote for the Angels. That's why <laughs> Chittagatsi won, in fact, because people were like, well, the Angels are good, but then yeah. equally the bits of fruit are just you know, slightly better as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, the set of Chittagatsi is amazing. They built so much and it's got yeah. so much detail in it and it's very true to the books, etc., etc., etc. I'm not surprised at all. Yeah, 60% of the votes. Actually, yes. I was talking to my mum and dad about Chittagatsi and they were saying it's more mountainous than they thought. They pictured more like... Um, South of France vibes, like yeah. a, a seaport, which is what I yeah, picture as well, but yeah. it's still, even though it's not exactly what I picture in the books, so good. Yeah. Um, and then we had 31% of the votes for the opening titles because people love the opening titles. They, they are do. And we wonderful. do. And it's kick ass. And yeah. there's good angels in the opening title as well. Yeah, so yeah, getting yeah. a little All angel right. boost from calm that. Calm down, so. calm down. <laughs> But yes, on to this week's episode, which I, I have to say, Ian, you were being very excitable uh, this week, weren't so you? So good. So good. <laughs> I don't know why as well. Yeah. I find my own reaction to it slightly weird. But there were lots of good points, but I wouldn't say it was like a very classic, like you episode that you would enjoy. There were very few fight no. scenes. Yeah. Very few armored bears. No angels. No angels. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, you're having a great time. Fucking great. I don't know why. I did make excellent quiche, so that may have contributed oh, yeah, to, the food the, was uh, good. to the general happy feeling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, really liked it. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, what what a whirlwind. So I like that we start off with kind of joining up to last week's mood in Chittagatsi. We've got Will and Lyra in Chittagatsi. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the only bit of Chittagatsi that we saw, actually, right at the beginning. Yes. So Lyra's getting dressed in preparation to go through into Will's Oxford, trying on different capes and hats and general malarkey. Yeah. yeah. And just generally being a bit like... I don't think she realizes she's being stupid and fun, but yeah. she is being stupid and fun. And yeah. I'm here for it. It's great. Yeah. And they decide on a strict no hats, no capes rule, which is very Fair. sensible. Um, Pan is forced into a bag. Yeah, that bit is sad, isn't it? It's sad. Oh, poor little Pan. I feel like... It's quite a nice bag, actually, though. It is quite a nice yeah. bag. <laughs> I feel like there were different solutions to that. It could have just been a wasp, he could have transformed. A, bee, a fly yeah. in her hair or something. Yeah. How small can he go? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. But he got to be a, a pan in a bag and then continued to be completely obvious for the rest of the episode. And yeah, just his head sticking out his head out all the time, like down the high street, in the museum. So unsafe. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> uh, at least he wasn't like, well, yeah, leopard. An elephant or something. Yeah, yeah he was yeah. still like a bright white ermine, which well, is very visible. An unusual pet, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, big, the, the biggest prop thing to note, it may feature in my creative awards oh, really? as well. So once we get Lyra's wardrobe and they go back through to Will's world, mm. um, with a good little scene where Lyra runs out into the thing, gets sort of clipped by a car on her way, very true to the books. Yes, they yeah. did that well. Although a little bit stupid of, and she does this in the book, so, you know, it's true to the books, but just mm-hmm. like, fuck sake, don't just fucking run off through the window for fuck's sake. Fucking, Yeah. control yourself. Which is good. It's as frustrating in this as it is in the book for me. And it felt kind of childlike rather than just kind of like, yes. I know I'm being in, going into a dangerous situation. I'm yes. just being stupid. Yeah, it yeah, actually yeah. felt more yeah. like, oh, she just wasn't thinking. Yeah. But Ian's favourite prop of the whole thing, as they disappear off down side street, we get a kind of zoom in to Boreal somewhere. I didn't actually clock whether he up. was supposed to have seen them. Did he see them? Yeah. He's, oh, for some too... reason, he's staking out the window, right. even though he has lots of cronies that can stake out the window. Awesome. Well, I was too busy noticing that he is, in fact, driving a Tesla, and given the door handle types, it is most certainly a Model X, which is absolutely right. 
for what Boreal will drive. And I can't remember if you and I have talked about this on mic or not, but I am very smug at me being like, I think it's a Model X, Amy. And you're like, no, no, it's a Model 3. Come on, it's definitely a Model 3. We've talked about it on mic, but I'm still not impressed with the general Mm, thing of this. This is not an interesting point, Ian. Fucking, well, (laughs) wait until the votes on the creative award, Amy. (laughs) Come on, team. I expect everyone to back me, as you all did with Angels. (laughs) Yeah. Well, anyway. um, (laughs) (laughs) I do like that they have Loboreal waiting in the car, because we were talking about this, actually, uh, on one of our chapter episodes, and that... Lord Boreal must have been following Lyra around in like more yeah. than we ever see in the books. Mm. So I quite like that they're actually specifically writing this in. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm. We then get the two of them, Will and Lyra, basically doing what is a kind of... It's almost like the Oxford Tourism Board sponsored <laughs> the episode in a good way. But they basically mm. move through, through Oxford. Lyra specifically is running through, I don't know, all the famous landmarks. Oh, yeah. We get Radcliffe Square. We get Brazenose College which is yeah, the, our the... college, and it's the best college. And it's like, <laughs> you and I were both sat there just going, whoop, whoop. You get a little alleyway to the turf. You yeah. get a little bridge of size. Yeah, the Bodleian Library. Um, but she's looking for Jordan, and we do get a bit of a kind of sad moment from Lyra as she kind of goes through all these familiar sites that um, chime well with her Oxford. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when she comes upon what should be her Jordan College, it's just a bare building site. Yeah. And there are a bunch of people, you know, building shit <laughs> which i really um, like i quite yes. like that because i think the reality of where her jordan should have been versus like our oxford it just like would have been really confusing because it's like well there's kind of half a wall here and there's a bit of a college there and it just yeah. wouldn't have been very easy to show so i think it's a really good choice for them to actually have been like yeah no it's, it's a complete building site there yeah. wasn't anything here before or it's not like a different building or something yeah and yeah, yeah. yeah it's a good choice i will say they've made like oxford is really touristy but they made it probably like twice as touristy as it actually is. How do you mean? Even on a bad day, as in like there were like way more tourists. No, that's how it is. No, they're any well, they're, hint like, of they're more like spread out, and also there's like far more ice, random ice cream. Yeah, and street performers just, like, and things. And street performers. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, that's that's more what I mean. Yeah, like, yes, it's not quite as Disneyland as that in real in real. Well, it can be, but yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Anyway, so. We then, we've got this kind of like strain running through then uh, going back to the Magisterium and what they're up to at yes. this time. Bit of a change in tone from, mm-hmm. well, maybe not. Lyra's just realised that Jordan Colwish doesn't exist. And then we're just like, oh, Cardinal Storics died, I guess. So Mrs. Coulter presumably killed him, I guess. Yeah. We didn't see that, but that's what that's we're That's the strong implication. So there's this like very, very amazing funeral in this like over the top magisterium building yeah. all the design is just so good yes um and the aesthetic of the magister- magisterium oh, is great so big good. austere marble and i don't know plain Angular, but still very opulent ex- yeah uber masculine dark and yeah but not dark and like oppressive and kind of medievally evil evil but like modern but still dark and which you can see the facial expressions that are accompanying it's great. that general noise. Like the design aesthetic, yeah. fucking well done team. It's so good. Oh, it's, it's like if Apple good. were evil. Yeah. Like if Apple stores, Apple like if Apple and Goldman Sachs decided to team up and be like, we're going to do modern evil capitalism. <laughs> it would be how they've With done the religious twist. Yeah. 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 That's a pretty good description. That's what I'm going for. And interestingly, acting Cardinal MacPhail yes. is presiding over the... 
affairs and like giving a very stirring, stirring speech about, you know, how a Titan has been lost or whatever. And these times call for strong, decisive leadership. Mm. And uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm here, by the way. If anyone's, if anyone's interested, I'm just, you know, I'm acting right now, but hmm. we'll probably chat about it later. Yeah. Strong, uh, harking back to Star Wars. Mm. Emperor Palpatine. Oh, yeah. More the aesthetic. I don't mean like I, the acting, but yes. like the way he's up on this pedestal and then there's the like yes. Senate. You kind of expect <laughs> him to zoom around. down into the middle, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and even the echoes in the room and that. Yeah. The whole shape of the chamber. I, al- yes. I always think of that, um, whatever it is that they're talking in. The- yeah big council pit thing. Yeah, anyway, council pit. I don't think that's a technical term. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I kind of, I love this new storyline that's getting woven in. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting. Uh, we then cut back to Will patching up Lyra. Mm-hmm. And they agree that they're going to part their different ways. He's kind of been quite open about, I'm going to go see my family's lawyers uh, whilst you do whatever you need to do, finding your scholars. Um, so they're going to meet back at the Botanic Gardens mm-hmm. at five o'clock because that's somewhere that they know exists in both of their worlds. And Will used to go there with his mum and I thought that was, yep. that was excellent. It's a good way of bringing that forward as well. Oh, it may yeah. have significance later. So get it in now. This is, this spoiler is spoilery. This I know. This is spoilerful. Okay. Well, they fucking end their relationship there, don't they, Amy? <laughs> <laughs> the spoilers end all spoilers, hey? Yeah. The fans went wild and then all cried yeah. simultaneously. But it does make sense to... Bring yeah, I, I really like that. I actually again, I can't remember what it was, but in the last, for the last episode, mm. um, there was another thing where I was like, yeah, if I was Pull- Pullman, I'd be sat there going, shit, that's a good, <laughs> that's a good bit of writing, <laughs> because now it means something to them. Yeah, it's gonna be where they had their little moment on the bench, and exactly. then in future episodes. They can go back to that same bench, and I bet they can go to each other. Do you remember that bench we both sat on? (laughs) That one, you know? And it'll be like nudge, nudge. Yeah. So I think as well, we get this nice scene where Will has the unenviable task of having to explain what a phone is to Lyra. (laughs) Yeah. Which actually they didn't... I was worried they would draw it all out a bit much. It would be a bit hacky. It would be a bit hacky, but it's not. I think they've done it really well. Yeah. And I, I like the parallel to, you know, he's like, yeah, you can call people and get news on it. And he, she's like, oh, yeah, I've got one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she yeah, starts yeah. talking about the, about the alethiometer. It's a really nice kind of transition. It felt very faithful, but also like, oh, yeah, you've managed to do a modern take on this really quite well. And yes. written it in quite yeah. seamlessly. Yeah. And in talking through the various power of their respective smart devices, <laughs> yeah, Lyra says that she learned from her alethiometer phone. Uh, that Will is in fact a murderer and obviously he you know, flips out and is like what the fuck uh, don't say that and also what are you talking about um, yeah so don't know it's funny they just sort of don't dwell on that mm. it's a bit strange like that doesn't become the revelatory point of wait how do you know that what do you mean how does this thing work how do you ask it questions what yeah. knowledge is it giving you I guess they don't et cetera, have et cetera time or like the safe no. space to do that in oxford i do i do like that they have that in and and that we have will's like very strong reaction to it it all felt like quite yeah yeah uh faithful and yeah. fresh i guess but anyway they both head off in their sort of respective direction will has got an incessant number of uh texts from his mum mm-hmm. so he well basically heads off to go and see her or see if she's okay yeah uh, meanwhile lyra um traipses around and goes to the pit rivers yeah which is great we like the pit rivers so i haven't seen it in ages it was quite a nice bit of nostalgia it also looks like they've done a massive spring clean <laughs> yeah for the filming i assume it looks a lot tidier and lighter is the main thing because yes. i'm pretty sure when you go there you sometimes get often little hand wind up torches yeah 
So and, for, and they must yeah. have just put a load of lighting in there. Yeah. Because otherwise it's like a, a filming nightmare to try and film on site there. It's yes. so cramped. It's so dark. Yeah. They must have done something special. Yeah. Yeah. And we follow Lyra then uh, and sort of dart back to Will shortly after. But she's reading the alethiometer in the museum. Mm. Just like walking around with the alethiometer out yeah. and out. She's a, she's a little off. bit less subtle than she is in yes. the book. Yes. With Pan like poking his head around. out and... Pan's just at, fully out of the bag yeah. at one point. Yeah. It's very unsubtle. It's not very... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I wonder if this is going to be a deliberate trope of Lyra doesn't know the danger she's in. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, possibly. And, you know, she's not acting seriously because she's not aware of any danger and then the cage will come down and it's like, oh, no. Danger. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yes. And, of course, while, while she's there, someone's tailed her in his... Tesla. Mm, autopilot uh, mode, yeah. Yeah. His autopilot. And he, she, Lyra nearly like walks into Lord Boreal basically. And yes. I really like this introduction between the two of them. It's like very nicely written and played, I think, the mm-hmm. whole thing of him being like trying to ask questions, trying to engage with her, and her just being like, yeah, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, my name's Lizzie. Definitely not Lyra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, bye. <laughs> yeah. This is very, very nice tone i think it was great and um, we were talking about this in the episode as well but they haven't met before I don't in this think adaptation so. i no. don't think they met at the cocktail i mean she might have seen him yeah in passing literally in passing in the, in the corridor of mrs colter's apartment i think mm, but they haven't spoken but they haven't spoken yeah, yeah. Uh, which i think is a sensible change because i think as a viewer visually when it's like that is obviously the same yes. person it's much less difficult for you to be like, Lara, why aren't you remembering who this is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's clearly exactly. a person that you met, you know, yeah. a and few she, hours ago as far and as on, I'm on screen, she just meets fewer people because there's less time. Exactly. So it would be a bit like, well, what? This makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I also like that as part of that conversation, Lord Boreal says, um, yeah, I'm a collector. I've donated several items to this place. Mm-hmm. I was like, Good introduction. yes, that's a yeah. really interesting... I like that addition, basically. Yep. Yep. And I wondered if it's a re- reference to The Collectors, uh, as in mm. the short story. Because I've always felt like Lord Boreal would be tied to that mm. in some way, given mm-hmm. his like collecting tendency and other worlds and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Meanwhile, Will stalks his own mum, Yep. basically. Love it, weird. Hiding yeah. in the bushes, creeping through the window, being yeah. like, is she okay? I'll give her a text. Oh, she smiles. She's probably fine. Yeah. I'm not sure how I feel about this. Obviously, it's a big change from... Not a big change from the books. It's a change from the books. Because in the books, he's like, right, that's it. I'm, I can't go back ever to see her. It's going to uh, endanger her. Doesn't he try gonna... phoning and then runs he's, out he of money? He sends her a postcard. Yes, that's right. He sends her a postcard, I think. Yeah. I don't think he does call her because... He decides that it would just be too dangerous because uh, he wants right. to go and see her. Well, it would be too difficult. But then so, again, yeah. to be fair, in the books, he's from Winchester and Oxford, so mm-hmm. it's not like he could just pop over. Mm. So I, I think it makes sense. And I think I, I like at the end of the episode, we get him saying, I can't go back again. Yes. We get that moment of realisation of like, okay, I, I can't do that again. It's too dangerous for her. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we sort of cut away then from Oxford and Will and Lyra to, um, well, all I've written here is general witch chat. <laughs> Between Serafina and uh, Ruth Scuddy, where they're banging on about, like, Serafina can no longer sort of really feel where Lyra is, didn't know that she could do that before, but all right, fine, <laughs> Serafina has Lyra sense. And if they don't find her, quote, all will be lost, but we're not really sure. So we get like, oh, cryptic witchness. Ooh, we have makeup that makes us look concerned and gothic emos. Oh. And then, then that's it. It's quite 
It's okay for, like, laying some groundwork. Yeah. The witches care about her. They're really worried. Things are ominous. Rut roll. Yeah. But I was a bit like, okay. And we then just go back to uh, Lyra meeting Mary Malone. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Thanks for the witch scene. And we'll move on. I thought I quite liked that they added in more attempts at politics and diplomacy from the witches. And, like, some of the power struggles, I think, between Rita Scardi and Seraphina Pecola is interesting because it's reflecting a microcosm of what is in the books in that there are lots of different clans with lots of different ideas about what they want to be doing. So I think it's nice that we get reflected there that they're they're not some like heterogeneous mass that are just like, we are all for Lyra. Yes, I I like that there's some tension there. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, I just feel like they would have a clearer purpose even at this point. Yeah, maybe. I I just don't, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I understand the uncertainty. But having said that, it seems like it's all ended by the end of this episode because um, I think they're all going to be pretty united by something. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's a bit of a rallying call. Oh, yeah. And very excitingly, we then get to meet Mary Malone. Yes. Which is so good. Great introduction it as well. It is amazing. I loved this scene. So, quick observation. Yeah. I very much like that they had her uh, investigating a nest of wrens. Yeah. Despite being a physicist, showing interest in biology and living beings, yeah. given... Mulefa. Yeah. Because. Don't the fledglings come up somewhere as some thing in the Amber Spyglass, which is like, Mary knew this because she'd once seen fledglings nesting in the. Isn't that like a minor, minor point of something? No? Uh, maybe? I might be be misremembering it, but. (laughs) Yeah, like encyclopedic knowledge of the series. (laughs) Maybe? Probably? Yeah. Don't know. But either way, even if it's just an allusion to. She's interested in the biological mm. world. Super good. Really yeah. nice, light, doesn't take up a lot of time, but yeah. gets you to... Okay, botanist, not botanist, renist. <laughs> renist. <laughs> Ornithologist, general biologist. I also love that they nodded to the fact that, you know, Lyra's from this very uh, sexist world where like yes. only men are scientists or scholars, basically, and she's like, oh, yeah. you? She's yeah, like... Yeah. And then Mary Malone's so humble. I'm kind of in love with Simone Kirby's Mary Malone. She's, she's great. She's so humble and like, I will say though, a lot less stressed than Mary Malone in the book, yeah. which I'm kind of happy for because I don't really want to see Mary Malone's dressed yeah. as nicer to view this. But yeah, really trusting and sympathetic to Lyra yeah. and yeah, caring. It's interesting. I think in the hands of like different writing or maybe a different performance, I might be a bit like, why is Mary Malone listening to Lyra? Why isn't she tell to get out? Mm. But... With this particular writing, this particular way of performing it, the way that, in particular, Lyra is kind of like, I really need to know because my friend just died and I'm actually still not processing it and I'm having a really shit time. Hmm. And Mary Malone reacts to that really genuinely and in a way that I think that the character would, in that hmm. she's very empathetic. And then she's kind of helping Lyra because she's she kind of genuinely wants to help Lyra. Yes. Which I see as part of her character anyway. So, I don't know. It really works. It's quite a different way of doing that whole scene mm-hmm. and to have Lyra and Mary Malone interacting, but yeah, it's yeah. very heartwarming. Mm-hmm. We then sit down with Lord Boreal and Mrs. Coulter at the funeral, kind of, or at a hearing after the funeral. It's not really clear. Yeah, I don't but, know what that event is, but sure. It's like a formal wake. Also, it seems like they're not going to make it so that Lord Boreal can't just pass between worlds willy-nilly. He's just able to do whatever he wants, basically. He's in no... Yeah. Jeopardy from the spectres whatsoever. Uh, yes. And yes. he has never been, really. 
Yes. So well, I, I don't was, know. They might they might change that revelation, but yeah, at the moment it's just like bit bop, bit bop, back and forth. But that that's what he was doing in season one. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. World and Lyra's world already. Yes, that's true. So it's interesting to see how they're going to weave in Giacomo Paradisi because in series one he already learned about the knife, um, and mm. there's a man in a tower in a mm-hmm. in a world that's got what he wants. I'm wondering when they're going to show Lord Boreal finding out that his window goes somewhere different and that it's a dangerous place for him. Yeah. I thought they were going to do that this episode already because we didn't see much of him last time, but um, mm. not yet. They're going to have to do it soon, though. Mm-hmm. Next week, I, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, um, that's true. That's true. So Mrs. Goldberg is quite sp- suspicious of Lord Boyle and where the fuck he's going off to, which I think is quite nice. Um, mm. We get some of that creeping through. And they also talk about Lyra a little bit. And there's kind of some, not empty threats is the wrong word, but I think she picks up that he's... He knows more than he's letting on about what's yes. happening with Lyra. So I quite, I quite liked that. Yeah, little nods to that. the whole exchange is, is yeah, really, really good. I'm not sure anyone would talk like that in real life, but I know. No, sure. <laughs> There's also a mention that Thorold is being held by the Magisterium. Yeah. Which again, maybe this is why I like the episode, because there are just lots and lots of little sprinklings of, oh, that's clever. Oh, that's good. Oh, <laughs> that's not in the book, but it's a better edition. Hmm. <laughs> but yes, what the fuck happened to Thorold? Yeah. It makes total sense that he was imprisoned by the Magisterium. To be questioned about Lord Ezra. Yeah. Like, yeah, true. Super good. True. So we don't hear from Thorold right now, but we know that he's being held somewhere. Yep. But you know who we do also hear from? Mm. Another sprinkle. Another little, oh, that's clever. No, 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 no. <laughs> Dr. Lansalius, yeah. Consul of the Witches, is brought in to testify or provide he's... evidence or be interrogated by the Magisterium. Well, he's a peace em- em- well, envoy initially, he's, but it's He's there wrong. as a peace envoy. It's very wrong. They've asked him to be there as a fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. And then multiple revelatory bits in here. Mm. Lansalius is the son of a witch. Mm. Slight spoilers for Serpentine's skip ahead, like two minutes if, if you haven't read that yet. But I'm not sure they mentioned any of that um, in Serpentine. And also, like, he implies that he can't separate from from his demon here. But then again, Serpentine wasn't out when they were writing yes. all of this, like, three years ago. So Yeah. Yeah. Although Bullman would know. Yeah. But then I guess, I guess so. you couldn't maybe crowbar it in. Mm. But anyway, I, I, I like that. So he's the son of a witch. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, both for why he might be a consul, why he would be ingratiated with them in general. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. All makes good sense. Um, he talks about the demon ritual. Yeah. Um, which is effectively separating, but without, quote, breaking the soul. And, and how it gives them powers. Yes. To yeah. perceive, like, beautiful mysteries of the world. And then that... Heresy! Heresy! It's the second time people are shouting heresy. They're really going hard on that. Yeah. Oh, no, no, sorry. It was blasphemy, not heresy. What's that guy called? Uh, Father Graves. Father Graves. And I just wrote, Father Graves is mental. (laughs) (laughs) Quote, blasphemy! Blasphemy! And then Father Raphael just, like, bangs his little hammer. Gavel, 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 gavel. Looking a bit bored, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, sorry, we've kind of Lyra explained everything that's happened there. We have, Effectively, Lansalius is there as an envoy to try and suit suit for uh, peace between the Magisterium and the witches, given that, you know, a witch has killed the Cardinal, and yes, but the Magisterium did have a captive, and blah, blah, Mm. blah. Mm. How about we don't devolve into war, guys? And the Magisterium is like, Mm, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, Lanthelius is basically sent away for eight years hard labour for a mix of conspiracy, consorting with the enemy, 
blasphemy, heresy. And demon confinement. Uh, and Oh, yes. Which is interesting. What not, does that mean? That's not something he's done. That's his punishment, yeah. Yeah, that's his punishment. We don't know what that is, but I have a suspicion we might see it. Do you think? Uh, maybe. Uh, maybe it's a brief illusion. Uh, maybe a culta trip to be like, oh, your demon's confined over there and you're working hard. <laughs> you know? Speaking of culta, I like that we see her just getting progressively more pissed off yes. with this whole thing throughout this whole scene because Graves is like, how could a mother, what kind of mother would abandon her child? Mm-hmm. She's just there like, oh, you fucking... So like, just, we may as well be staring at her. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, she is... Oh, no, there are there are several other, like, nuns or sisters or whatever. I don't know. There, there are several other women in the room. Oh, I didn't pick up One on of that. them is just taking notes, though, so, you know. Okay. Classic. Um, but, yeah, I think at one point... When they're vote- voting or, like, what, there's, like, there's eight people, basically, and there's Mrs. Coulter and, like, the nun who was typing out something mm. that was happening. So it does put both her and Lord Boreal in pretty high positions of power in terms of being one of eight. Yeah, but she's just getting super pissed off about the whole thing, basically. So we then go back and see Will visiting his lawyers physically. Yep. Which is interesting. Um... And he's trying to find out about the funds that his father had left. He's asking for the money for some reason, which isn't really ever explained. No, that's Why true. Why does he need it? I mean, unless we missed an allusion to, so that I can give it to my mum. But she would... No, but, you know, she's not compass mentis, or if he doesn't want her to have to go out and get, I don't know, reasons. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't really make sense to me, but... Um... Well, then maybe at this point there isn't... Does he... No, Maybe he he's wants on it the in a run, lump. isn't he? Mm, I don't know. I was going to say, does he know just to what extent he needs to stay the fuck away from his world? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because he is sought by the police. He's seen, you know, news news reports and stuff about him. Then, so no, I don't know why he wants the money either. That's a good point. So he's being like quite risky and physically meeting with the lawyer when presumably there are news reports of mm-hmm. like you know him being looked for. Um, yes. A little bit weird. He gets told. Yeah. That he's got some grandparents in right. Oxford that he's never met before. But right. Ian, Ian's unimpressed about this right. point. <laughs> Why is this introduced, Amy? I'm happy because it corroborates some headcanon that we talked about in a recent episode. But I don't know. I, like it, it's it's okay as a quick route to some information about his dad mm. and someone that he is in contact with ratting about to Lord Boreal. But it's a bit odd. I mean, I guess me. it... It doesn't harm goes, anything. It's no. just like, I assume these people will never come up again. So then I assume... But then I just wonder why bother writing them in. Yeah. Like, the the lawyer could have just phoned the police after he left. Yes. Or Boreal, sorry. Phoned I Boreal guess... after he left. And just cut out the whole grandparents thing. Yeah. Just remove. I guess it does show that he really can't trust anyone. Because if your own family... Yes. If your own family... Again, family that he's never met. But, like, if your own family is going to rat you out in the way that they obviously do... Yeah. ...then it's kind of heightening the sense maybe, of danger. Maybe. Maybe. Same with a lawyer. But then also it's like, well, he doesn't know them and they don't know him. No. They only really know what the police have said. So... So, yeah. I don't know. It, like, it's completely innocuous and inoffensive because, mm. yes, he would have grandparents, you know, in order to exist. Yeah. Uh, it's not clear in the book whether they're alive or dead, so I guess this maybe just clarifies, yes, and they're dicks. End of. <laughs> um, but, it, I don't know, it just struck me as a slightly weird... Yeah. I don't mind, it's but I don't, I don't really feel like 
it was time that we could have had on anything else because it feels like there was a lot of other stuff that was done very well and within good time and stuff. So um, I don't mind, but yeah. it, doesn't really, it doesn't really add yeah. much, I would say, to the overall art. No, but I'm sort of surprised that they wrote it in without then making it more about revelations about his dad, if that makes sense. Yeah. But then that would make sense because it's then a device for, you know, rather than having him sat reading letters, which mm-hmm. fundamentally is an audience, you're like, oh, this is boring. Um <laughs> It, that would be a very, very clever way for yes. him to... Or maybe if they gave him the letters and they told him basically verbally what each one contains so the audience yeah. can be like, right, we don't just have to watch someone reading in their head. Mm. But that didn't happen, so then I was a bit... I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, it, not not a big point. It's just, no, not a it big was point. A slightly strange addition from my point of view. It was. We then cut back to uh, another part of this. Uh, Lyra and um, Mary, I'm where Mary is grinning because I love this so much. <laughs> she's explaining how she's found out about dark matter, like what her research is, and the fact that she's been testing various objects and how they respond to this mysterious set of subatomic particles um, that they've called dark matter, including um, a great testing montage. Where she's oh like, snap! Yeah. I've written science montage <laughs> in exclamation mark is a great science montage. Yeah. Electrodes, an apple. And, yeah. Yeah. Chess piece. Yeah. The, and, the leap and was there. Um, Apple's a chess piece. That's quite a... Apple's a stoned chess piece, actually, I should say. Yeah. And also good, like, maybe biblical. Apple. Oh, uh, yeah. Eve. Don't know what the chess piece would be. Stones. That should have been a crucifix. Right. Well, it was, it was the <laughs> king with the little cross on the top. Yeah, so. yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. So, strong science montage. We then move back to the present day where Lyra and Mary start talking, well, Lyra starts talking to Mary about her experience with dust and mm. how she, well, effectively, in order to prove that she's got any knowledge about this at all and basically as a way to ask Mary if Lyra can use this computer as well, Lyra does exactly what happens in the book and says, ask me a question that I shouldn't know the answer to and I'll find out. She then grecks out the lithiometer and tells Mary that um, Mary used to be a nun. And obviously, Lyra has no way of knowing that. So Mary's kind of like, what? Mm, 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 mm. And I guess on this basis of being slightly bamboozled, Mary agrees to show Lyra this computer and um, basically give her a go at using it. Yeah, I mean, that's when the kind of bamboozlement of Mary Malone begins. Because Mm. before, I mean, we got a bit of the Lyra tirade of here's a load of information about kind of random stuff that won't make any sense to you. But I think this is the point where she starts to get really... Yeah. Shocked and surprised by Lyra, yeah, which yeah. I I just love this whole thing. Even the stale biscuits. It's great. Of course, yeah. Mary Malone would have stale biscuits. Yeah. And not realise because she's working. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, the, the details in her office are really, really good as well. Mm. I really enjoyed that. I don't know if some of it is like mm, a little bit broad brush with like general Asian things. Right. There's quite a lot of like, there's a few like bonsai trees in her office and stuff. Oh, I see. And then I there's see. like the postcard on the door. Yeah. Which looked like Mount Fuji, Fuji to me. Yeah, I think so. And then there's the I Ching. So it's a bit like these are kind of all suggesting she has an interest in China and Japan. Yeah. Which is kind of weird. Yeah. But okay. Although maybe, I don't know, I don't know if the I Ching is like China and other surrounding areas. Don't know. I'm sure like other cultures mm. adopt it and use it and stuff but it originated in china so. yeah well yeah. i don't know a little bit strange but i i enjoyed that that's how her office would look um 
Lyra pleased to see the computer and does Lyra's innocent face. Daphne <laughs> Keen, you yeah. nailed it. Yeah, you nailed good. the innocent face. Mm-hmm. It was great. Yeah. Just do do whatever you, you want with that innocent face. Just like, please show me the computer, innocent face, perfect. <laughs> so good, so good. Um, so then we cut to Will and his grandparents and they have a bit of an awkward cup of tea and he's like, <laughs> nice house. I know. He's a very nice house. Very nice house. Very nice house. I'd live in that house. They got a lot of money. Very, very grand. That is how the Parries live in my head. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, when they go to Lord Boreal's house, he's going to be like, oh, feels like the same house again. Oh. Like the books and my headcanon. Oh, that's your headcanon. <laughs> when you said that before, I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I remember. Yes. Um, yeah, because in the book, when they go to Lord Boreal's house, Will's like, he felt uneasy going to such a grand place. Um, he remembered when he was young, he went to a place with his mum and they made her cry. Hmm. Yeah. So, you know, he'll have a more recent experience of that now. Yes. Yeah, it's interesting. I guess we learn a bit about his grandparents. His grandfather is a bit like, oh, he's just here for money. I'm going to call the police immediately. Get straight <laughs> totally. through to Inspector Walters. Yeah. Um, and the grandmother is like, oh, no, it's all for your safety. You can come and live here. Not your mum, though. We don't like her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she needs special help because um, she clearly has mental health issues. And Will's like, what are you saying about my mum? I'm going to run away. Basically. And he um, runs away. And he runs away. Yep. Great. It's great. Uh, <laughs> more importantly, though, the cave oh, we go to. yes. The cave. It's well good, isn't it? And we should say, we were idiots. Uh, in the introductory sequence, yep. it's not the bomb. Yep. It's not whatever else we said it was. Nope. Jordan College boiler. <laughs> of course, of course it's the cave. Yeah. It's the actual cave. So thank you very much for at BitchLop and at MichaelVK1. Uh, who is Michael Blancaster and who we interviewed. And we also got a few more little tidbits of information from Michael about about this, because it's very exciting, because he designed it. Yeah. Which was cool. Very cool. Um, so, I didn't know he could build quantum computers. It's a whole side hustle what he's got going on. Yeah. Pretty impressive. He's building quantum computers now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's based on a particular quantum computer, which is Oh, uh, that's so cool. awesome. And of One course, of the cave was... would be a quantum computer. Yes. One of my notes was... I wonder what quantum computers look like. Are they just normal? Because they could be. Like, like yeah. you know, I yeah, think yeah, yeah. I think they operate just on chipsets and dies, and it's a different type of thing. But fundamentally, you might look at it and go, "Yep, that's a metal box." Well, the way that I understand it, which is not at all, mm. but because like you have to stop so much interference and like have extreme cooling, you do have a lot of those like isolated cylinders or mm. like it's completely blocked off in a whole room in this and, yeah. and stuff like that. It's very much like very similar environment to experimental physics. And I know when we saw it, we were talking about it and we said, oh, it looked a bit like a large Hadron Collider type mm. thing. Obviously, the scale was completely off, but like... Small Hadron Collider. A small Hadron Collider. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's very, it's very yeah. exciting. So we may well have to try and find some time with Michael to not only talk to him about the knife, but mm. also... The cave. Mm-hmm. What a talented man. Well oh, done. Well I wonder done. if it can do ray tracing. That's anyone who understands that reference. Well, firstly, you're ray awesome. Tracing. And secondly, get in touch. Darkmaterialpodcast at gmail.com <laughs> or add Pod on Twitter. If you know what ray tracing is, then you're the kind of fan we want here. So yeah, this this whole scene, the design, the writing, just everything, the performances... Yes. Oh, I'm so happy. I don't even know where to start. Well, I'll um, start. So, <laughs> there you go. Uh, one thing, the user interface of the computer. Yeah. These vertical lines that are a bit sort of uh, dotted and then they sort of swirl and, and shift when uh, when there's dust interaction. They are 
<laughs> yes, they are from the title sequence, which is super good because we're like, right, and the lines and the sequence, and the lines on the screen, and there's dust. This dust and there's came us. Yeah, 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 that was great. It's and, so good. And I think the way that the production team did that was also very much like, eh? <laughs> eh? Because there's lines that are converging just like you saw in the title sequence. <laughs> I, like, I feel like it was, it, yeah, it was just really, really good. And our reaction was exactly what yes. they wanted from that. Exactly. We were just like, oh my God, it's title sequence. Yeah. And I think we both excitedly put in our notes, yep. title sequence. Um, it's so good. I love this. I love the way that they showed the reaction on the screen. Because mm-hmm. that's very hard to... Yes. Very, very hard to visualize based on what's written in the book. Um, I think the way they did that was really, really amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a bit like sound, you know, yeah. um, sound waves and or something like that. So or there's also, some familiarity of... Like, yeah. I can't remember what it's called, but like basically where you compare DNA and you get a kind of like profile of lots of... Um, like a column of lots lines. of different rows yeah. of different colored lines, basically. It reminded me of that, which mm. was very cool. Um, the performances were amazing. I'm just... I can't wait to see more Lyra and Mary Malone. Yeah, it's they work really well. It's don't they? fabulous. I'm so mm. excited. I don't even have anything to say about it. I'm just like amazed. Well, I like how true it was generally to the books, though. So yeah, Lyra does some like general pretending to use the alethiometerness, mm. and that creates a reaction on the screen that's a bit mm. unclear. She then, well, obviously Mary Malone is like, "Wow, that's the best it's ever been," and Lyra's <laughs> like, "That was shit." <laughs> Um, and proceeds to make the screen show pictures. So these yeah. dots coalesce in, in basically the pictures that would be on the alethiometer. Um, also, mm. the way this scene ends, really, really liked as well. Because two things, the screen flashes up an hourglass, which I think is the alethiometer or dust kind of going, you kind of need to get a move on. Mm. Which is a good allusion to how it reads in the book that sometimes it, it kind of proffers information that she's not really asked for. Yeah. But Dust is kind of trying to nudge her. Yeah. Um, so I like that. And also, it gives her a reason to go that's kind of very clear. She's like, shit, I've got to go. I've got to meet Will. Yeah, because it's not um, very clear in the book. She's just more or less kind of like, okay, I'm done now. Yeah. It, it, it kind of ends a little bit abruptly. Yes. Um, and it obviously leaves Mary kind of on the edge of her seat, like, well, can't yes. come back. Please come yes, back. You have exactly, to come back. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, I liked all of that. It's really great. Then we go to Mrs. Coulter and Father McPhail, who seem to be in some kind of conference to end all conferences at the Magisterium. They just seem to have been in the same building, in the same <laughs> rooms, in the same corridors for days at this point. Yes. Maybe it's just hours. But anyway, they just like conspiring to kill the previous cardinal wasn't quite enough uh so now mrs Coulter's like hey you know how i had that good idea before if it's got your loads of power i've got another one it's really good you're gonna like it yeah. uh you know that gross guy who you hate and is kind of a little bit annoying well if you basically make a show of force against the witches then everyone will vote for you to be the cardinal yes and he's like ah oh. if you just be more extreme then yeah victory yeah does that work Probably. Kind in a lot of. of cases, yeah. Mm. Mm. Magisterians are dicks, aren't they? Yes. But I really, again, uh, such a great episode. Uh, <laughs> I like this writing in of Mrs. Coulter. I think it's implicit in the mm. books, but only through just allusion to, like, she used subtle power. She used yeah. the means that were available to her, not yeah. being a man. She couldn't be in the church, blah, blah, blah. But she, and this is very much Lady Macbething 
um, Father McPhail, mm. kind of egging him on, pushing him to be more villainous than he might otherwise have been. And I just think that's great. Yeah. It's super in keeping with her character. Yeah. I've never really made the associ- association between Mrs. Coulter and a kind of Lady Macbeth kind of figure. Mm. Maybe because Mrs. Coulter, well, she does show remorse. But it's more like self-sacrifice by way of penance almost with yeah. Coulter, rather than like, oh, I'm going insane with the guilt of what I've done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I like the early stage Lady Macbeth of just, yeah, come on, just murder those fucking people. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, launch those bombs at this place. I'm incredibly Great. ambitious, and yet you are limiting what I can do within the structures of this particular world because I'm a woman, therefore yeah, I'll just I'm act, just going to manipulate all of you yeah, guys. Yeah, I'll just act through everyone else. It's great. Fucking badass. Like, vicarious power. Yes. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Also, great outfits the entire time oh, from strong, everyone. Very strong, strong outfits. Strong capes yep. from Magisterium guys. Yep. Good pin. I liked his like neck good pin. tie pin yeah. thing. She's got an amazing <laughs> tailored suit on. Yeah. Fabulous. It's All in good morning. Good morning veil as well. Yeah. The black veil was good. Yeah. Yeah. Great look. <laughs> and then we're back in Oxford. Mm-hmm. Will has been waiting for Lyra at the Botanic Garden and he is not happy because no, she's late. pissed. Um, and... He's been exposed this whole time. I quite like that she's she's taking longer to catch on just how dangerous this world is for him. Yes. And maybe also for her. Not yet. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's good. That kind of slow realisation of like what she can and can't trust. She's At the moment, she still completely trusts her Oxford. Probably going to change in the next couple of episodes, I guess. Yeah. So anyway. And they go and sit on their bench in the Botanic Garden. Whoop, whoop. Is that so scene nice. actually in the Botanic Garden? I think so. It's not the bench in mm. the real world, is it, though? Because as far as I remember, sorry to any fans out there, but the bench that it's supposed to be in the real Botanic Garden is kind of a bit boring. I don't remember it being in front of a big lake. No, it's just like by some but... grass, there's a tree nearby. It's not unpleasant, but it's just kind of like, yep. Yeah, I feel like they have changed that, but then also I haven't really been to that bench very much, so I'm not sure if I remember it correctly, but I'm pretty sure it's not that massive lake. Yeah. Looked very nice wherever that looks, bench looks is. lovely. That's where it they should, should be. They should change it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, we should go there and write Will and Lyra on that bench. Yeah. That's what I reckon. And I like the whole conversation that they have here where they're again starting to build upon that trust that they have for each other, realizing that they have to trust each other, we have they have to work together. Mm. Lyra needs to help. Will, he's in danger. Uh, I don't know. It's just a very nice scene. Again, felt very faithful to the books, but like not rushing anything. Not. Yes. Yeah. I don't know, just like really nicely performed mm. as well. So There's really also good. another little moment actually where you've got angry Will and then yeah. Lyra kind of tries to calm him down a bit. And at one point, I think he turns away to just like walk away from her and she reaches out and reaches out and yeah. grabs his arm. Yeah. Like, again, that's a nice kind of subtle, yes. a bit more intimacy, not immediately leaping to some kind of big romance yeah. or they fancy each other, but just yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. willingness to grab hold of each other uh, is quite... It's quite good. It's quite subtle. Yeah. And also we're learning to trust the alethiometer as well. Yep. Because mm. Lyra tells Will, you have to you have to trust what the, the alethiometer says about your mum. It says that she's safe. Therefore, yes. she's safe. You have mm-hmm. to stop worrying about her. You have to move on. And this mm. is when he's like, yeah, I can't go back anymore now yeah. to see her. Yeah. So we then uh, leave Will and Lyra for basically well, the rest of the episode. And you join Father McPhail in his bedroom. Yeah. Um, where he seems to be doing some kind of prayer. Yeah. My, my, I was going to say, my reading of that originally was there's this big long candle and it's like, is he having to pray until it burns down? But mm. anyway, we learn there's a different purpose for the candle. And someone comes in with some paperwork for him to sign, basically saying, 
bomb the shit out of the witches. You happy to murder all these witches? Yep, and he's yeah. like, yes. Don't but sign up on that. Interestingly, yeah. not without either guilt or mm. some kind of qualm, and he goes back to his sort of praying position, and he, I can't remember actually, either he or his demon says it's a sin, and that they would basically have to atone for their sin. Yeah. And so he just holds his hand over the candle flame, burning the shit out of it. Yeah. And that's a super dark scene. It's very dark. I quite like yes. it, though, because you do get the the theme of atonement yeah. is in the books very strongly, yeah. especially in the Amber Spyglass. Well, it makes a lot of sense. And penance and everything. Yes. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense that there would be, I was going to say rough with, rough with the smooth, but it's rough with the rough, I guess. Yes. It's also kind of interesting that I read into at least how his demon says, I don't know, like we'll have to make up for it or whatever the, whatever the specific line is. Yeah. But she almost seems to be forcing him to or encouraging or more yeah. eager for it in some way. So that's again an interesting cast on his character that there's some kind of twistedness in there mm-hmm. beyond just being you know, sort of a zealot. Yeah. And then fucking awesomeness. <laughs> Actually, no, no. Okay, so the the Magisterium bomb all the witches' things. Yeah. And the witches are like, shit, that's super bad. Everything's on fire. We hate this. And you get the bit from the trailer where uh, the camera zooms in on Seraphina, yeah. Rooters, and uh, A, another witch. <laughs> just randomly there. Witch all three. Being like, oh no! <gasps> fire! Oh! Yeah. We're nature hippies! What? Also, you probably just murdered a lot of people. Yeah, and also like being angry, and that's obviously a setup for them going fucking crazy. They're not angry yet, they're just sad. Well, they're just sad at they're the moment. They're just sad at this point. But it's but clearly you know, going like... to turn to like, fuck all this. Yeah. Yep. I'm being quite dismissive of the witches so far, but this episode is not really about them. They're just kind of yeah. in it as it's... kind of disagreeing and then victims of a, yeah. you know, violence. And then next episode, I'm sure there'll be a bit more. Yeah, it's kind agents. of set up for how hard they're going to go into the fight and yes, why. Exactly, um, exactly. Yeah. So, Bree, move on from that. Uh, the Magisterium bomb the shit out of the north with naphtha, uh, with lots of scenes of rolling barrels. We liked the rolling barrels. And we cut back to end this episode with Mrs. Coulter going to see Father MacPhail and basically telling him that he can go suck a dick. <laughs> because, uh, and I, I wrote down this line because it's so fucking good. <laughs> You are both the spider and the fly in a web of my making. So uh, good. Oh, so good. Because she's murdered the cardinal, but only with his permission. And he's mm-hmm. um, authorized this bombing, which is potentially illegal or immoral or whatever. And if he wants to come back at her or prevent her doing anything or imprison her or limit her in any way, mm. she can just expose him and ruin him. Ruin him. I don't see how she can, though, because he could just be like, nah, that didn't happen. I don't know how Do she know would mean? prove like, it. Why would you put him in a position of power and then be like, oh, whoa. Puppet. Puppet master. Yeah, but Fucking excellent. what real power does she have? I don't know. Aside from just being Mrs. Culture I and being know, a badass, but I, which is I'm significant going with power. <laughs> I'm going with it. I'm assuming that somehow she could prove it and that he genuinely is now in this position of inescapable blackmail from Mrs. I feel Coulter. like no one would believe her. Nah, I, I like it as the ultimate power move. <laughs> don't like your... <laughs> your... <laughs> Judgment, Amy. Yeah. Um, and then she leaves the room, just turns around at the door and says, good luck, Hugh. <laughs> Fucking crack out the first name. <laughs> Most powerful person in the magisterium. Just burn, you know, half the north. And, ah, just disrespecting so left, good. right and centre. Fucking See, you missed great. out a key point, though, which What's is that? why she's just walking out on this shit now. Ah, because she probably wants to go find Lyra, isn't she? From Thorold. 
Oh, yeah. Because she went to go and meet Thorold. Oh, yeah, there was the Thorold scene. Uh, That's true. And so she learned from him not only that Lyra had been to see Asriel and that she was there, but then that she went after Asriel and Roger to try and stop him from separating her and therefore that she thinks she's now in the new world. Which yes. I guess is all very interesting and we don't actually see that happen with Mrs. Coulter in the book. No. Because we don't... We don't know what she does or doesn't know about where Lyra is. Yeah, and we never see her finding out that Lyra yeah. is in a new world. Yeah. Um, I guess the closest, the soonest she learns is when she meets Boreal, and he's mm-hmm. obviously got the, the alethometer from Lyra somehow. Yeah. So, I don't know, that's all very interesting. It's still super unclear at this particular point why she's after Lyra. She asked for a Pavel in season one about who is Lyra Balakra, and we still haven't heard anything back about that, or yeah, why she asked slow, that question yeah. in the first place, because she didn't even know about the prophecy at that point. Mm-hmm. A little bit confusing. A little bit confusing. But... We may find out more. We may find out more. And she's... Mm on a mission to find her daughter, which yeah. is then going to lead to interesting scenes in future. We also, when the bombing is happening, we have this weird lock-in voting, burning stuff. Yeah, I'm not sure what that ritual is supposed to be. Why were they burning the things? Don't know. Did they read them before they burnt them? How did they know that he got voted in? Don't know. It was very weird. Yeah. But anyway, McPhail for king. Atmospheric. Um, so, yeah, that's, yeah. McPhail for king. <laughs> so, Amy. Yes. On to casting creative. On to best and worst, I think you'll find. On to cast and worst. <laughs> um, all right, best and worst then. Yeah. Go. Best. Uh, KFC with Lyra and Mary Malone are so good. Excellent. I enjoyed it so much. It yeah. was perfect. And I'm very happy. Mine, you are both the spider and the fly and a web of my making. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I don't even think I've got that line right. There's something... It's anyway. Broadly right. But it, the spirit both is Both so good. Such good scenes. Worst. Kind of the voting, there wasn't a lot, but no. the vo- the voting scene with the magisterium, because I was like, I don't really understand what's going on. It was only after um, Father McPhail had his little celebration party with Mrs. Coulter in his very bare and minimal room yeah. that it was obvious that that was a voting session for whether mm. or not he was going to become full-time cardinal. Yeah, sure. Because at the time I was just like, what the fuck's going on? This is the mechanism of voting that, that irks you there. It's stupid. <laughs> okay. Uh, mine is probably Will's grandparents. Uh, Which is yeah. actually saying a lot about how good this episode is. Yeah. Because fundamentally, there's nothing wrong with nope. the grandparents. It's just a bit like, I guess that's one of 15 ways of doing it. It's a, t- it's a tea break in yes. this episode for me. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay, you happy with casting creative now? Is it, yeah. uh, just going to add a little yeah, random extra section just to annoy you. <laughs> <laughs> Most awesome hair. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Mr. Coulter. Um, though actually, Mary Malone's was pretty good too. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty good hair. Yeah. Yeah. Cast forward. Go. Mary Malone's hair. Right. No? <laughs> so cast, I chose... <sighs> I chose three people. Yeah, me really, too. really, I chose two people. Okay. Because I feel like, as you mentioned earlier, it's getting a little unfair in the polls. Yeah. So, you know, one person, obviously Ruth Wilson, she's really good at her job. You know, <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah. She's the best Mrs. Coulter ever that's existed. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But also, Simone Kirby. Yeah. Just amazing. Yep. And then also Daphne Keane, yep. because also amazing. That's a triple seraph, Amy. Triple seraph. Yeah, Ruth, Daphne, so and Simone. good. Boosh, boosh, boosh. Very, I very good. I can't articulate why they were so good, but just felt so genuine and... It was very subtle <sighs> acting as it well. It was very but subtle. None of this is big drama and just being no. like, oh, do the angry face. You know, the whole yeah. Mary and Lyra interaction is all very subtle and tender mm. and stuff, so... Mm. Yes. It's just okay. amazing. Well, I think we'll guys. have to put that out there and then maybe just discourage the constant tidal wave of Ruth <laughs> Um 
Uh, how about your creative awards this week? So I've got the cave. I've got four. So you're going to have to whittle them I've down got, this time. I've got three. But I wonder, <laughs> I, I wonder which of these four, Amy, you might eliminate from the votes. Okay. This is going to be the angels again. It's going to be really the interesting. So <laughs> the angels, the other angels. No. Uh, so the cave. The cave is so good. Just like big badass quantum computer and awesome. Round of applause. Yes. Round of applause. Well done, Michael. The magisteriumness. The like. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. As I said before, the sort of Apple meets I don't know Colonial Bank meets like very masculine evil. spa. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Like. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's that's yeah that's exactly black marble. Yep. Stuff like that. Um. So I don't know. I just think that's a really good aesthetic, and it's not just stealing something else. Yeah. And repurposing it. It's kind of unique and different and new, but brings in lots of elements of all sorts of other things in a coherent way. Yeah. Love it. It's great. I... Similar. I had also set design, but specifically for... I don't know why. Father McPhail's bedroom. Yes. That's the one I was thinking of as well. That's <laughs> okay, the image so you just head. have Father McPhail's bedroom. Yeah, but... His very sad, <laughs> thin mattress bedroom yeah. with his little shaft of light yeah. and his little candle. Yeah. Bare, but still... Like, opulent and powerful. Yeah. Great. You're just going through all of yours. You're not going to give me yeah, a Yeah, no, no, no. I'd like to just do the full roster, because I feel like one okay. of these you're going to veto. <laughs> okay. Um, Intrigued. Oxford. For being fucking great. No. Because the whole nostalgia no. tour of Oxford, I was like, yeah, the fucking Radcam is amazing. And yeah, All Souls is great. And the Bodleian is kick-ass. And et cetera, et cetera. No. It's such a nice city. No. So, well done. All of the previous craftsmen for the past 500 <laughs> years that built Oxford... <laughs> Great job, team. No. It looks great. No. The so you're talking one, about, like, basically hm. location Yes, scouts, it's actually nothing to do with anyone sure. involved with this Just production. people who are involved with finding Although I guess locations. they did have to pick the locations within Oxford. Of course they have to pick locations yeah. for the scenes, yeah. But to be fair, you could just also go run from A to B in Oxford and everything in between is awesome. Because Oxford is kick-ass. And I liked the nostalgia trip. Okay. So that wasn't the one I thought you were going to veto. <laughs> Oh my god, what's my fourth one? My fourth one are Teslas, because they're great. Of course. (laughs) Okay, both of those are vetoed, Ian. (laughs) Okay. No. All right. Missing the spirit of the creative award. Teslas. No. So, my third one, and the final one that we're putting on the vote, (laughs) just shush now and behave. It's a weird one, right? Because I feel like it's something that is consistently good every week. I would say, um, but is very difficult. It's, it becomes an unsung hero very quickly because it's less obvious than a lot of the other things. A bit similar to like the music being just generally amazing mm-hmm. throughout. There's no point where you're like, wow, the music is especially good this point, better mm-hmm. than anything else. But this week, I feel like the writing deserves a shout out. Yeah, sure. Because it was just really good. The pacing of the episode was great. It, although it like cut through across lots of different storylines it didn't feel like that disjointed to me there wasn't too much happening there wasn't too little yeah they managed to compress some amazing very lengthy um powerful and important scenes from the book into Mm. some really beautiful adapted scenes Mm. in this particular episode while also adding stuff that didn't exist but is totally valid and exactly not feeling rushed at all yeah all of which is an amazing achievement. That's very true. So I'm going to say the writing. Cool. I could say that every week, though, to be honest. All right, I'll swap, out, I'll swap out Tesla for writing. I'll give you that. God, you're so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> what 
Well, I think that brings us to the end of this episode of the Dark Material Podcast. Thanks for joining us. If you're not ready to step back into your own world yet, please visit our website at thedarkmaterialpodcast.com and our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash darkmaterialpodcast. You can also hit us up on your Lodestone resonators through Facebook at The Dark Material Podcast, Twitter at Dark Material Pod, and Instagram at The Dark Material Podcast. If you want to cut through to our world directly with questions or comments, we're also available at thedarkmaterialpodcast at gmail.com. If you're enjoying the Dark Material Podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. It helps other fans of his Dark Materials find the show. A special thanks to Damon Passord at Camera Roulette on Instagram and Claire Wicks at Claire underscore Wicks on Twitter for the music on the Dark Material Podcast. We'll see you next time for our next read-along episode, and until then, don't forget to tell them stories. <laughs>